Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, A Little More Light. I'm Kev. And I'm Dee. From day one, we both learned pretty quickly what it felt like to be different. And over the years, God's been reminding us that we were made different for a reason. In fact, we believe we're all made a little different. But what we do know is that we are meant to live our lives in the light. From life's greatest moments to its biggest disappointments, to relationships, our passions, and everything in between, God encourages us to live these moments in the light. So with that, let's dive in. Time to shine. Hey everyone, welcome to A Little More Light. My name's Dee. And my name's Kevin. It's like that. You remember like growing up in the 90s? I mean, we only had like three years of the 90s. Yeah. With the chichichia. Chichichia. I don't remember that. You don't have the chia plants? I know the Target guy that when like. No, like the plants where the plant would pop. Oh, the chia pets? Chia, sorry. Yeah, chia pets. Chichichia. I remember Neopets as well. Oh, you remember Webkins? I had so many Webkins growing up. I, I'm not even kidding. I saw one of my friends today post something on Instagram. It was like, remember when it's Christmas break and you log on to like Club Penguin <laughs> and you feel like, like you have no homework and all you can do is play Club Penguin? That's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, confession, I actually never had a Club Penguin. Loser. I never pl- I know, I never did, Dang. but Webkins, like I had, I remember my little poodle Blizzard and my frog's name was Lenny and I had like a horse because I rode horses for really? years. Yep. I had a, I think a chocolate lab and I had a hippo as you well. Hippo. Yeah. I don't remember what all their names were, but wow. I remember my little, my little dog. Do you remember was... uh, before Webkins there was Beanie Babies? Beanie Babies, yeah. I had a lot of Beanie I Babies, too. I had a lot too. of Beanie Babies. Yeah. I only had one Webkin. Okay. I was not one of the cool kids. Do you remember what your Webkins was? It were? was like a, it was a lion. I don't oh, know. Oh, a lion. Oh, James, my brother had a lion. It was, yeah. James one. That's fun. Anyways, Webkins, TBT. TBT. Um, we are so glad you guys are joining us today. Uh, it is the month of February. A lot of people call it the month of love. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yikes. Um, anyway, so we are going to continue talking a bit about um, different aspects of our relationship and hopefully that throughout these couple episodes throughout this month that you'd be able to draw tips, advice, that you would uh, have some clarity on in your own um, relationships. And if you're not in one, right now I highly encourage you just to keep listening to this because what we're going to talk about today we weren't prepared to be in a relationship with one another like we were prepared but we weren't expecting it and so you never know what uh what's going to come and God's timing and so just like keep listening to this because I do believe that there are some great tidbits of advice that uh can can come from something like this so I would agree I was not expecting you from my own perspective. There we go. Of ex- expectations. Of expectations, yes. Um, but before we get into this, this has been in my head like the whole, this whole last week. So I just want to talk about oh, this. We got some sauce to, it, it's, it's really irrelevant, to uh, but it's relevant to me. So I'm going to share it. So we went out to the store and we bought um, like those thin Oreo cookies. And <laughs> I don't know why this has been in my head for so long. But every time I go to eat one, I'm like not satisfied after just having one. So I have to have like five pretty much you know to what? eat them because they're, the thi- they're, the, they're the thin ones. Okay, so my question to Kev really this week has been, what if we get the double stuffed Oreos? Because I feel like eating one of those would be more satisfying than eating the thin ones. And you'll end up eating less because you feel like you have to eat five of the thin ones. See, I'll... I understand your situation here, but you're only taking it from your perspective. 
Okay, what's your perspective then? Because I honestly don't need a double stuffed Oreo to be satisfied. I could have one of wow. those and be perfectly fine. And then I'm like, you know what? I only had wow, one thin Kevin. Oreo and I still got the same satisfaction and taste out of that one Oreo. Okay, well, wh- whoever is not satisfied after one Oreo uh, is on my team and who's ever satisfied after one thin Oreo is on your team. And I think that my team is probably going to be bigger than yours. You know what? It might be, but I have another hot take. My favorite Oreo is the vanilla ones. Golden Oreos. Golden Oreos. Oh. Because I just have a golden personality. But no, seriously, I do (laughs) like the golden ones. Oh, my gosh. Um, I would say that I think, you know, there's like the double ones. We don't have these in Canada, but in the States, you guys have like one of the cookies is chocolate and one of them is vanilla. It's like a double token or something uh, it's called. Very diverse cookie. Yeah, you guys have way more options than we do. Anyways, had to get that off of my chest, but let's get into this. So, Kevin, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the... I had to build suspense. Yes, you did. Yes, we are talking about uh, the times when we did not feel like we were going to marry a little person. Ooh, okay. Do you want to start? Sure. Team me up with like a with like a, t- okay. a question. So um, Kevin and I, we both have similar stories of how when we were thinking about dating, when we thought about marriage, um, this was before we had met each other, um, we both had in our minds that we did not want to marry another little person. And that can be a little confusing, I think, to a lot of people because we are people of short stature we have dwarfism most people assume that that is someone that we would end up with is someone who looks like us Um, some people do some people marry average height people as well everything like is a possible everything's possible um but for us we really had in our heads that we were not gonna be with another little person and that we would marry someone average height and when we met each other um that was quite shocking yeah. And so, Kev, why don't you talk about, and then you spill your tea, I'll spill my tea after, but why don't you share why you thought you wouldn't, or you didn't want to be with someone who looked like you? Yeah, for me, growing up different, I wasn't around other people who were different. I was around, well, let me back up. I was around people who were different from me. But I looked at those people as similar as me. And what I mean by that, I was around people who were average height. And I lived in an average height family. All my friends were average height. My whole community was average height. And really the only experiences and connections that I had with other little people was one week during the year when I would go to these national conferences and hang out with other little people. So to me, my life was, quote unquote, average height in a sense. Mm. And so being around other people who were like that, as I got older and as you you start to pursue relationships and as you want to start to have relationships um i started to believe that i was supposed to marry someone who was average height Mm -hmm. and i think this was well before i had a real earnest relationship with the lord and so a lot of it was just self-motivation but also a lot of it was i think own personal pride in a sense of i didn't see myself as one of those other people what I mean by that, I didn't see myself as a little person. That's so fascinating because you evidently are. I evidently am. A I little can't, person. I can't hide it. No. Um, and but I, you didn't see yourself as that. I didn't see myself as that. And every time I was in public, 
I was reminded that I was a little person, right, from other people, whether that was stares or comments mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but going back to, you know, my independence and my belief in myself and my belief in pursuing the life that I wanted to pursue and the confidence that I had, I had the confidence that I was never going to marry someone who was little. Mm. Um, and it was super interesting, I think, as um, in, in God's timing and in things, it's it's, un, it's unexpected, but it was a real sense of uh, pride being, I don't, I don't know, like pride being questioned, like my own pride being questioned of like, okay, why am I really fighting against the opportunity to pursue someone who's mm. a little person. But that didn't come till later that on. That didn't come right? till later yeah. on. So it really, for a significant portion of my life, was because I never saw myself as a little person. So why marry a little person? Oh, I'm going to say this. It might seem really intense, but would you say that you thought that you were better than people that you saw that looked like you? Yeah, I would say that I walked Oof. with a head held high, believing that I was better than my peers wow that's honest yeah i feel like a lot of us we walk around like when we're looking for someone or before when we're trying to dive into that dating pool we we think so highly of ourselves or we think that like we're better in certain things than other people we think that we could be more pretty we could be more handsome or we just have it more together and so we hold ourselves quite high yeah and i think that really often probably gets in the way a lot of people establishing um, really good connections with people just because of that, like you said, that pride, that pride in your self-image, your self-worth, and who you are. I was putting my my belief and my confidence in just one aspect of myself, and that was my physical image. Mm. And it goes back to what we were talking about, like, yesterday, like, when you you go after someone who's like, I I did, I believed – that by me going after a little person, I was going after someone who was identical as me. Mm. And like when I do that, I would be having something that I already have. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like I never wanted to experience double the stares. I never wanted to experience oh, yeah. double the, you know, yeah. the uncomfortableness mm-hmm. in public, things like that. So well, I was like, because you already know what that's like. You just don't yeah, want that amplified. You don't okay, want that amplified. I get that. Um, so it was that. Plus, I was like, you know what? I'm a good looking dude. Yeah. I'm gonna You are. I'm gonna go after <laughs> someone who's yeah. someone. I don't know. I think we know what you're talking about, yeah. but you don't have to say it. Okay. <laughs> you're not like this anymore. <laughs> I had a you know, like a crush on Jamie Lynn Spears and Zoe one oh one or oh something boy. like that. <laughs> All right, so enough about Kevin. <laughs> I'm gonna flip it on its head and ask you the same thing. Okay. Uh why growing up did you not believe that you were going to marry someone who was little okay so similar to you like growing up just with people who don't look like you I didn't equate like companionship and a relationship with someone who would look like me and I just didn't in my head I couldn't compute like having a family with someone Mm -hmm. who looked like me because my family didn't look like me they were all tall like everyone all my friends are tall average height like you just grow up in that environment and I think as I was growing up and things were starting to get difficult like I noticed people taking pictures people staring laughing I would lean on my family for protection for comfort and I didn't equate a little person and someone who looked like me as someone who could offer me comfort 
and protect me when things got hard mm. because I had never experienced that from another little person, but I had experienced that from my family who are tall. So I think like over time, I just had in my head that, okay, well, I'm going to end up with someone who's tall or I need to marry someone who's not like me so that they can help me mm. when things are tough. Interesting. Because I just didn't have that example or not even that example. I didn't have an opportunity to like see someone like me be in a role that could protect me, could defend yeah. me and, and whatnot. And so I think I just assumed or over time that just became my belief system. And then when I would see, say, someone with a uh, short stature like on the street, like someone I didn't even know, and this seems like super shallow, but I would have thoughts of like, oh, but I don't look like that. Mm. Like, oh, but but that's not me. I, I know what I look like, and, and but I don't look like that. And I was like... It was honestly, it's sad, but it was a way of dissociating from past hurts and from things that like bad things that had happened or like, like, like I wasn't really bullied in school, but like picture taking, name calling, pointing, staring like that. That's hard when you're a kid and that's hard when you're a teenage girl going through puberty and trying to figure Hmm. out all your emotions and your body's changing and all this stuff. Um, But I would think like, oh, but that's not me. And kind of similar to you, like that's coming from a place of pride where you are elevating yourself and you are in a way diminishing somebody else's worth because of like what you're what you're going through or Mm. whatnot. And so that was that's what happened. That was kind of like my background, I guess. So it came from a place of not thinking that another little person could provide me comfort, but that also that I didn't look like the other. Yeah, like someone like you so I was better than that than like that person but yeah it's it's all messed up (laughs) it's all messed up we had a messed up perspective yeah and I think looking back on it you're now from a vision of being on the other side you're like how could I even uh have that perspective like now because I can't imagine like my life without you like Mm -hmm. I can't imagine my life not marrying you Danielle like Mm -hmm. A beautiful human being who happens to be like a little person yeah. just like me. No, exactly. And I think that was probably the most shocking thing for the both of us when we did start chatting and start developing a connection was like, oh, like he's a little person, she's a little person, and I have really strong feelings for mm-hmm. them. And in the Lord's kindness and in his goodness, and you know that like when you are in the Lord's plans that like you experience peace, you experience joy, you experience this clarity that you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I think we both had that of like, all of a sudden we came in with these preconceived ideas that, oh no, we're not going to marry another little person. And pretty quickly when we started talking, those preconceived ideas just melted away. Oh yeah, and it was it was really evident that God was shifting in our hearts and shifting things around um, to prepare us to be together because we both had these thoughts, and then it was like all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, maybe this isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. No, I, that's beautiful. I just lost mm-hmm. my train of thought. No, um, just because you're just so gorgeous. Wow. Um, but <laughs> no, I, it's I think. Oh, here it's coming back. Um, what I was gonna say to that is, we from the start had a common, you know, belief, and we found a common passion in our relationship with God, mm-hmm. and it was cool. That is what we 
started our foundational relationship on and we continued that and it almost was like focusing on that took us took the distraction of these thoughts of okay she's a little person should I stop talking now like why why am I pursuing this I don't see myself even being with her like what's the point of being here like I should just stop right now like this this is just a waste of time right yeah and it's like because we didn't focus mm-hmm. on something so external mm-hmm. um, that we were able to be like, whoa, she's a lot more than just her four foot one. Four foot. True. She's funny. She's, she's funny. good she's looking. She's looking. athletic. She loves Jesus. I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. It's all that. I had all that written down, you know, when no. you do that pie chart. Those were all on the positives. But, but honestly, like, it's exactly what you're saying. It was, we based our relationship on God and all of a sudden our checkboxes that we thought needed to be checked off just went away. Yeah. And those weren't the priority anymore. No, they weren't. And uh, I want to ask you, in that time of your life, how were you doing? How were you feeling? You know, what was what was cooking? I know you had a lot, a lot going on. But, like, were you in a position of, like, this is the time to date? Well, it was COVID, so just, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, COVID aside. <laughs> COVID aside. Um, no, I actually wasn't thinking about dating at all. I wasn't thinking about getting into a relationship. And I know there's that, like, taboo, like, Christian saying that people say, where it's like, it's when you're not looking that it happens. And, no. like, or yeah. it's like, stop looking and then it will happen. I don't really know about that. But I do know that I just like was focusing on a lot of other things. Like I was focusing on my swimming career. I was focusing on going to the Paralympics. I was focusing on my own relationship with God and with my friendships and just really building into my community. Mm. And I wasn't really aiming for a relationship. I did not want one. That yeah. was like definitely like I, I wanted to date and I wanted somebody like a companion and a and someone that I could grow with and one day marry. But that wasn't the main thing focus like it was a desire on my heart but um I was very focused on other things and so when I met you I really felt like that was probably God and that this was probably a good thing and that it was something worth pursuing just because it was so surprising Mm -hmm. and it was like you are nothing what I expected that Mm. I would have but you are everything that I didn't know that I needed say that again (laughs) I'm not gonna say that again. <laughs> okay. I'll just go back and listen to yeah. that. That warmed to the heart. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I put that in my vows too, to you. So Yeah, yeah, you totally yeah, put that totally in Yeah, totally did. <laughs> Anyways, but what about you? Like where were you at? Alright, so I'm gonna tell a quick story. Okay. Um and you guys are gonna walk away being like, What the heck did he do? Um, but I I always look at it at the start of our relationship. Um, as truly God's timing in a in a sense of uh, I just can't explain it. But before we started dating, I think my heart was was ready to date. I was wanting to seek after a woman who was pursuing Christ. I wanted to seek after one who was leading this this life well and um, had him at their center. And that was really the first time that like that was placed on my heart to actually pursue a relationship like that. But I really didn't know where that was going to come from. I didn't know who that was going to be. I didn't believe anyone in my local community was that person. Um, And so my friends and I actually about maybe a month and a half before I met you, we did this thing through, I forget her name now, but it was a, uh, it was something called the heart or it was the get a girl challenge. It was this, you know, 
Yeah, it's like the heart of dating. Heart of dating, yes. It's a great podcast, great Mm -hmm. resource. Um, Our friend actually recommended it to a bunch of single dudes in the church to do it. Um, And we were all skeptical. We were like, okay, what's this thing? Why are we doing this? Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was a week-long kind of online Zoom Mm -hmm. teaching and meeting um, with maybe 60 to 70 people who signed up for this challenge. And the cool thing was that there was a group of guys, about four of us, who met every single night that Whoa. week and basically took this to heart and pursued it and mm-hmm. had real earnest conversations. We always met at my apartment uh, mm-hmm. and we just sat down, listened to this teaching and then and then talked about it. Um, and the biggest thing that I, that I learned from this, I could probably go back to my notes, but was to, to walk away um, first, you know, reflecting on what uh, God is kind of asking you to work on in your own life and mm-hmm. take a toll or you look at what he's working on and what he's prepared you for and what he's put your hands to be in that position, to be in a relationship. And he did a lot in my heart in that time. But to secondly, one of the speakers talked about leading with confidence and clarity. And it was it was so clear just that these two C's were so key in any relationship. Mm-hmm. And looking at all the times, I had never really believed I had the confidence or the clarity to define what I wanted in a relationship. Wow. And so I walked away knowing what defining my perfect woman yeah. in a sense. Um, and the number one was pursuing God. Mm. And so that became a prayer, and that became a prayer for the next month and a half or whatever. And I thought it was going to be a prayer that I had to pray for a long time. And then I slid into your DMs. Then you slid into my DMs. And funny you say that. So one thing that drew me to Kevin was that he was really clear and confident when we had started texting and stuff. And when we would, like, progress to video calls and, like, voice messages and stuff, he was very confident and he was quite clear. And that is evidently something that you were new to yeah. like just from this course and so taking that intentional time to really get your heart right and get your heart set really did produce very good fruit in that you were actually quite confident and you were quite you led with clarity which was really attractive to me at the mm. time and something I think everyone like should maybe should take away or maybe you'll take away I don't know but is that both of our stories so you see me coming from a place of I wasn't looking and Kev was looking and God can work in both situations, yeah. right? And so if you are thinking about how you want to date or you're, you're waiting on that right guy, you're waiting on that right girl, God will move in that yeah. as he did in your story. And if you are focused on other things, if you're super busy and you're not sure if you have time to settle down, um, he does work in that as well. Yeah. And I think that is a really cool thing about you and I is that we were both learning and growing and we were working on things in our hearts that needed to be worked yeah. on. And when we met, this thing that we just talked about today of like how we were quite prideful in thinking highly of ourselves and we uh, didn't want to be with another little person, that was something that because we had learned how to work on things that we were able to work on quite quickly. Because when we did meet, we both, I think, individually realized that, oh crap, like we have to really work on this one issue in our own hearts individually if this is going to work. And I think if you haven't listened to our last episode on long distance dating, we consider long distance for us as a blessing because we really had the time to work on things that we still had to work on in order for our relationship to actually work. So I think if I can give any piece of advice to anyone, it would be take an honest look at your heart 
take an honest look at what you want in life, what you think's important, what's your, you know, non-negotiables. Those are okay to have, but then really just be open to letting God dig out those things in your heart yeah. that need to go because we definitely had those when we met each other and um we're very fortunate that we actually were apart to deal yeah, with these things. I don't think um, it would be the same if we No, were it, it would have been tough and so that that's what I would say. I think that's a that's a perfect way to wrap it up. I think um it's looking at yourself and your own heart uh and being expectant of yeah. the way in which God will place that individual in your life at the right time. Mm-hmm. And that might seem scary, but in I guess Ephesians 5.13 says that anything that is brought into the light that's illuminated by the light becomes visible. Mm-hmm. And so things that we hide in our hearts, those stay in darkness and we can't deal with them. We can't let um, God work them out in us. But when we bring them out into the light, when we confess, you know, okay, well, this is what I want. This is my desire. Yeah. There is so much more freedom and space for things to change, yeah, things absolutely. to move, for people to come into your life, for baggage to be left at the baggage claim, and um, for you to walk uh, into a relationship a lot less burdened than maybe you would have if you didn't take the time to work on yourself. Amen. Amen. All right. I think I've talked enough. Yeah. I've talked and <laughs> <Yeah>. listened. <laughs> Kev's such a good listener. I guys. am. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a God-given tool. It is a gift in our marriage it's a gift, for sure. For sure. But anyways, guys, uh, we love you all. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of A Little More Light. And uh, yeah, keep shining. Keep shining and bright. <laughs> <laughs>